Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wopolinik. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broke the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. Welcome to episode 16. Great to have you guys back. And as always, this is Steve Opolinik. Before I introduce today's guest, I just want to let you guys know of a couple things we have going on at the Promethean Project. February 1st, we are doing our annual fundraiser. It's called Fill Your Cup. It's about self-care and wellness. And we are going to have a ton of practitioners and professionals there talking about self-care wellness and things you can do to take care of yourself we're really looking forward to it and it will also be our announcement of the art challenge we're doing in honor of my friend jeremy mcintosh the winners will be announced on february 1st if you have any adolescents from seventh grade to 12th grade who are interested in joining that competition feel free to send us a message at info at the promethean project org. We also do have a youth leadership group that we are developing that will start in 2020. That's coming up soon, but we are having an information session on December 16th. So if you're interested in that, please let us know at info at thepromethianproject.org. So today's guest is a friend of mine that I met a couple months ago, Robin Lee Miller. I met her at VVM. So consistent listeners will know that we we've had a lot of people from VVM on the podcast. However, this is she was not one of the companies that we met. She was there with her company called Morning Bird Media and she did a lot of the social interactions and and, and social media um, expertise for VVM. Now, Morning Bird Media is more than social media company. They do that for uh, big corporations like ShopRite or any other corporations who are looking to have a social media pre- presence. But they also work with nonprofits uh, such as the uh, Connecticut Coalition Against Domestic Violence and Valley Venture Mentors to have a social media component that works with philanthropy and helps build community. And we get into that a lot in the podcast about how important social media is for businesses, but more importantly, how do we use social media to build a community around us to take culture into consideration when we're working with people from different communities and different lifestyles, but then also make things accessible and provide supports for the community that we're building in general. It's a really great episode. I had fun catching up with Robin. Um, We briefly talk about some of the other endeavors she's had in her life, and she is an actress as well recently in the movie for the jonah foundation all about substance abuse and recovery so give it a listen and let us know how you like it stop by uh, your favorite podcast uh, app and give us a five-star review and share with your friends in a world where humanity's potential is imprisoned and locked away our only hope 
is to break the chains and find our flame. Welcome to the episode. Today, our guest is Robin Lee. Hi, Robin. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Uh, So I've known you for a couple months, but uh, Aaron was the real champion. Aaron from episode 15, uh, Beyond Happiness. He was a real champion of me outreaching to you to invite you on today. So let's give a shout out to Aaron. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Aaron. He's my buddy and Mari. Yeah, they're awesome. Uh, they brought uh, Mari's service dog, uh, therapy dog. Uh, yeah, yeah. Moxie May. Have you met Moxie May? With the blue eye. <laughs> She's awesome. I was so distracted when we were doing our podcast that I just kind of kept watching Moxie May. Um, I was like, no, I got to focus. I got to be present. Cute dogs and cute babies. They just, they get me every time. Mm-hmm. You'd be hard pressed uh, to have anyone not be gotten by them, babies and dogs. Or you're just heartless or yeah. ruthless. I don't or know. You, or you like cats, and that's a whole. Oh, <laughs> or that's you're a whole a I think I'm digging myself a, a hole here. I just lost half our our listeners. <laughs> just kidding. We love cats. Meow. <laughs> so, Robin, uh, I'm gonna kick it over to you just to introduce yourself and kind of talk about your journey, and then we'll get into some of the questions I have and and uh, talk about your background a little bit. Sure. Um, I I will try to keep it as brief as possible, but I've definitely uh, had a very random journey until this point so far. Uh, If I go back, so so my name is Robin Lee. Um, My business currently is Morningbird Media, and we focus on social media, graphic design, uh, helping local businesses essentially translate the personalities of their physical business onto the internet and into social media. Uh, But if I take you back, let's go back a few years, and I'm not saying how many, but <laughs> when I I was originally a UMass grad, and I was nice, in molecular biology, biochemistry, had a minor in chem, um, total science nerd, I still am, still am, but that was my, my actual background, and after college, I had worked in a genetics lab for a little bit, and I realized that I talked too much to sit in a lab all day. So I was in a genetics lab, and it was fun and exciting for, like, research purposes, but I found myself feeling very isolated because, again, I talked too much. And it was getting boring talking to my bacteria all day. So I then had fallen into radio. It just, like, landed on top of me, like Wizard of Oz style. You know, I was, like, totally not thinking about it, and all of a sudden I was in radio. Um, my, my boyfriend at the time had interned there and after his internship, they hired me, um, which was totally random. But yeah. anyway, I went into promotions and then eventually I evolved into a radio personality. I was on the air for a while. Oh, nice. uh, and I also had a food blog called robinsreviews.com and I went around and, and ate at different restaurants and marketed their businesses. And, uh, it was the start of like social media and where, we started doing these all-encompassing campaigns, which not only took place in traditional media, like radio, advertising, print media, TV, but we also had the social component now. So now I've got this blog, and then I'm talking about it on the radio, and then we're offering half-off coupons to these particular businesses that I've um, done movie or like video reviews about and uh, and blog pieces. So we now all of a sudden had all of these different components all 
bringing you to this one central location. And um, it was really like the start of my social media love, you know, I was like, this is amazing. Uh, So after college or after after radio, I took a corporate position, a core position on a social media team in New Jersey. And it was the start of a new division. You know, this was like an old company. It hadn't seen new blood and, and, and new exciting projects in many years. So to be a part of a new social was very exciting. Um, I loved it. It was great. But then I was doing all this traveling and um, and we actually, we won social media team of the year. So that was very cool. Um, we were up against the UN and Coca-Cola. Oh, wow. And- And so, woo, woo, yeah, so another exciting resume piece. Uh, But I ended up starting a family, so I took a step away from the corporate life, and I was like, what am I going to do with myself? You know, the, the, the initial jump into motherhood is so, it's like your entire identity is questioned. Right. You know, am I a career woman? Am I a mother? Am I a wife? Like, I can be all of these things, but how? So I ended up leaving the corporate position. And after having my daughter, Adeline, who's now two, uh, I started my own business. And that's where more of my entrepreneurial journey started, where I I loved social media. I loved doing these things, but I didn't know how to run a business. You know, I knew how to do the creative for days, but I was like, how do I run a business? You know, so like, Again, I'm navigating that still, but it's opened so many doors for me and so many opportunities. And Morning Bird is going to be three years old in April, and um, and it's going really well. I mean, I've taken out a lot of local clients, um, and with this voice and like opening this business also comes like some social responsibility as well, right. you know, cause again, you're not always doing it just for the dollars. Um, you're doing it because like now you have a community voice or, you know, you're doing it because you want to be heard. So on top of morning bird media, I also started like a Facebook group for, um, called morning bird moms and it's geared towards entrepreneurial like-minded moms as myself to keep them from being isolated or, you know, keeping them, with one foot in the door because social media is just evolving every single second and you can't keep up with it. You can't possibly keep up with it. So having this group is like a good way for women to talk about social media or, you know, just share some laughs or, or remind them like it's going to be okay. Something just so simple and just such a, a a common message, but it's so powerful at the same time. So I've done a lot of like community stuff while, while doing my duties in Morning Bird Media. Um, So that has been very fulfilling to me to also be philanthropic. Uh, I guess now that has brought you up to speed, and I hope that I I did that briefly enough, but here I am today. No, it it, it was succinct and kind of got to the point where some of the questions that I felt would be really – I think when I think about what you do and and what I know about you, the the biggest thing that pops up for me is that sense of community – Um, because if you look at what you do, you're not only doing, you know, like you said, your entrepreneurial side, but you're also giving back to the community. I know that, um, the Promethean project, we went to Enfield and there, there was that gathering of people on on wellness Mm -hmm. and, um, you weren't there because you were busy with other stuff, but you were in that sector in that committee. And, um, you know, I think you just recently posted something about domestic violence, like a coalition against domestic violence. Uh, you've been all over the place with um, TV spots or movie 
parts mm-hmm. uh, that I think the most recent one was about substance abuse. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're doing all this social media, you're doing all this volunteer stuff, but you're also at the center of it is this core of community. And I think that's really important. Um, and actually, you know, in my job as a therapist, social media is a big thing that kind of pops up for us, especially mm-hmm. with adolescents. And it's, it's cool to see that you're able to use it creatively to actually give a sense of giving back and mm-hmm. a sense of community as opposed to what we think about with adolescence and just the dangers of it too. And, right. And, I agree with you there. There's a very, there's a soft spot and there's there. When you talk about social media and social issues, there is like this area that you have to tread very cautiously. Right. You know, there. I have clients that are selling products. Okay, that's no problem. Like the the message is very clear. But when you're doing stuff in involving nonprofits and, for example, places like the Coalition Against Domestic Violence, you have to approach it with a particular kind of grace. And if you don't, it can get very messy very quickly. So when I approach these very delicate topics, um, they're – there's a certain way to like nourish relationships online and so much so that it there used to be hotlines for domestic violence and people were calling and 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 we found that as technology is evolving like this also needed to evolve so just at the beginning of the month connecticut launched this um initiative called safe connect and it's so it's just such a powerful tool and program where it offers one point of contact and instead of like getting there's 18 member organizations underneath the state level one and they all had their own hotlines and they had their own services but bringing it underneath one umbrella offers the greatest return i guess and now you can not only call but you can text message you can email you can live chat with an advocate you know and there's a lot more services where it also branches across to cultural divides. So like there, there's cultural sensitivity, but there's also bilingual speakers and there's people who have different cultural backgrounds that can better advocate to the individual whom's calling mm-hmm. or texting. And I think that this program is going to make Connecticut a, a stronger voice for, for victims who suffer from domestic violence. Uh, so I'm really excited to see where the program goes. Um, so issues like that, like it's just, you know, for me, I, I started my foundation on social media, but again, with that same mindset, it evolves every day and you're constantly evolving with it. So it's great to see these programs like coming out of the dark ages, if you will, and evolving with the generations that find it, you know, you might not feel safe enough to call. So having a live chat feature is a much more suitable option. Right. Uh, so I'm really glad to see those kinds of things happen. And especially for adolescents, like we focus a lot on teen dating violence and, um, and how to recognize that because at that age, you know, I, I too have suffered from my own traumas. And if I were that age again, looking back on it, like I didn't know, right. you know, now I know, but that doesn't help me now. So to have to have, those resources at your fingertips from an earlier age and, you know, giving them the tools to like be aware of it in the first place mm-hmm. may help them avoid it. Yeah. Period. And I think, um, there's so much to unpack with <laughs> what you just said. So mm-hmm. let, let me make just a couple of things that I want to point out and then we can dig into them a little bit deeper. Um, 
one, I think that that's an awesome thing that Connecticut passed. Uh, it's in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. We have something for addiction services called Helpline Online, uh, mm-hmm. which is very similar. You can kind of look right. at wh- who has open beds for for going yeah. into treatment, who has day programs, who has you know, and you can, it does it by region. But you can also talk to someone live, and they can help you through that. So yeah. I think that's one of the cool things about technology moving forward is the mm-hmm. ability to connect. Right. And we hear it all the time with kids is, hey, we can connect with our friends. And and, you know, a lot of the kids I counsel will their friends are on Xbox and that's how they communicate or Snapchat. And they don't even know their friends, actual phone numbers because they just know, you know, the social media contacts, right. um, their handle, their, their social handle, yeah. handle, if you will. <laughs> and, uh, I think one of the coolest things is seeing, you know, the thing with like Safe Connect and this helpline online is taking these institutions like you said and, and bringing them into this age and, and being more more interactive to help people in ways that they can choose how to be helped yeah. and then the second part of that is the cultural sensitivities I think is a hundred percent something that you know we need we need to keep in mind when we do any of this any of these things um, because I worked for this place called safe passage in Northampton yeah. and uh, I volunteered there and when I first started they put me on the the call line and I found out pretty early that I wasn't really getting it wasn't the best for me to be answering the phones in that moment having right. a guy's voice answer and so yeah. really I I switched to doing more of the when they came in for for meetings I did a lot of the kid interactions and, and kind of helped the kids focus and worked on um, the adolescence processing through the the whole journey and the steps that their parents have taken and so I think you know that's a small bit but like even that is something that some people don't even think of oh we have volunteers let's just put them where they need to be without taking in that cultural uh, sensitivity that's really important yeah agreed and you do find i i don't know how it is for your work with safe passage but it's even though it caters to everybody the primary demographic mostly tends to be women and children so to be mindful of that is important no, this is, this is great stuff. I'm, I'm glad about the Safe Connect stuff. That's awesome. Um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about um, social media in general. Mm-hmm. Right? So we, we were kind of hinting at it, like what, where it's going and, and why it's so valuable. But I want to get your take on just how valuable social media and interaction it is um, for two things, outreaching to the community, but then also building programming for companies or nonprofits who who are looking to be situated in that community? Absolutely. Social media, it's it's a necessary tool right now. As I I have to say, you know, many businesses, I I primarily work with small to medium-sized enterprises right now. Uh, Most of the larger, like, companies and corporations have their own in-house people, so they don't need somebody like me. But there are a lot of smaller businesses around here that know the importance of social media, but they're not doing it, or they don't know how to, or they don't have the time to dedicate to it. And rightfully so, you're trying to run your business, right? So having to take on the the um, social media aspect of it is going to take a lot more time out of your day. In fact, sometimes it can be a full-time career, as it is in my situation. Um, so my goal is... I. I know that everybody has the ability to make a social media page, right? You know, you can go on, you can make a Facebook, you can make a Twitter, Instagram, etc. You can do all of that for free, which is great, but 
again, you are marketing your business on there and you want to market it the best way you know how. So a lot of people think like, oh, well, I posted, I posted, meh, all right, I posted. But they wonder why their page isn't getting any likes or why aren't I getting any engagement? Why aren't I starting any conversations? Because you need that translator. You need somebody like me or people in my field to help you translate the message that you're trying to convey to your audience. Mm -hmm. Because there are so many, there are a lot of technical, I guess, like not just jargon, but there, there's a, there's a lot of technicalities on social media where you may not be able to convey your message properly. So for instance, if you are doing a post and you're posting a link to maybe like a newspaper article that you were on, um, but the image is something totally random or perhaps, you know, your face got cut off and it's only just showing your shoulders down. <laughs> like when I'm that person reading it in my feed, I'm just going to scroll by it because it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I'm seeing a cutoff body with a half, you know, half of a link in the text. And then the text is, is this paragraph of a link with a bunch of symbols and letters in it. And honestly, to me, it doesn't, it doesn't call me in. Right. There, there's no reason for me to want to look at that or find it interesting. So you need to have a hook. You need to have, a, you know, the proper imagery. It, it needs to be sized correctly. There, there are all of these technical pieces to it that if you're not a graphic designer or don't have a background in this stuff, you're like, well, how do I make it fit right? Do I stretch it out? Do I put it in? Do I put it through Canva and just pop it up there? Yeah, you can, right. you can, you can get by, but then you're trying to teach yourself this whole new skill set. And it's like, all right, well, if we have this conversation and I say, okay, you know, the Promethean Project, their, their, their initiative is wellness and, like, you want to portray your company under the lens of wellness. Like, how do we do that? All right, so somebody like me is going to say, well, let's come up with creative, right? Let's mm -hmm. see what kind of imagery you want to use. What kind of content calendar do you want? Like, there are all of these different pieces and in the formula that make it successful and you have to have a nice blend of different types of media maybe right. you have a video or you have a link you have some pictures like if you're just posting the same old thing every single week like the link to your website and then it's got the same picture like people aren't going to find it engaging they're right. like all right you posted but it's boring it doesn't catch my eye i have two seconds to capture your attention how am i going to use that valuable time so it's up to somebody like me to say well you know this might grab their attention maybe it's a stop motion graphic maybe you know it's a it's a slideshow of um of different community events that you are part of like there has to be different ways to do it maybe you know i i work also for like a an oil company that does plumbing and stuff like would you stop to look at like a talking toilet like it's just funny you know or, or me like you have to have some humor in it like what's going to stop and grab your attention and bring you to that next point of contact whether it be your website or or um you know an, an article that was posted or a job listing etc uh so there are a lot of approaches and then it's like okay well i have this one post and i want to send it across the platform Forms. But even though I can cross post it with one click, which, you know, means like, all right, if I did it for Facebook, then I can just send it off to Twitter or Instagram with right. one click. Yeah. That's all great and dandy. But again, Instagram likes squares. Twitter likes horizontal images. Facebook likes vertical images. Like you can't, uh, you can, it's not a one size fits all model. Right. So and you have to have some thought and consideration to that. It's really funny too, because uh, when you've mentioned that, it brought me back to the early days when we were sharing our website. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I, I don't know what it was, but the when we posted the link on um, 
like the phone link if you're on Facebook or something like that. The link would come up with the image of our logo, yes. but for some reason, it was only focused on the middle word of Promethean, <laughs> so it just it just highlighted the word meth. Yeah. Like and right right no. there. <laughs> it was like um not quite the message that we're trying to get across. I know there's a I know there's a new campaign somewhere in the United States where it's all about meth and, and it's like we are on meth and it showed d different people uh, saying it, but that's not quite the the promotion we were going <laughs> going for with, with our website. So not that one. <laughs> so when you were talking about that, I was like, "Yep, definitely went through that the, the first <laughs> first couple times I posted it." Right, you don't want to convey the wrong message, and a lot of times you're like, "Well, I posted, I did a good job, wash my hands of it, and be done." It's like, "Oh no, like this is a this is this is portraying your business." You know, this is just like you paying for a newspaper ad or paying for a television commercial, and you have to be cognizant of what you're putting out there to the masses because everybody can see it if given the opportunity. So you don't want to you don't want to fail in that regard, and you also just when I when I think of a post, like I think in my head. Everything that you put out there is essentially a mini press release, you know? You want to make sure that the, the graphic is nice, that the copy is correct, because when people look at your stuff and all they can get hung up on is a spelling error, they're not seeing your message. Right. I've been through a number of those, too. <laughs> I noticed after the fact. Oh, man, like, oh, really... God, that was the wrong one. Been there, remember? I was like, oh, I didn't mean to post that on that page. Oh, geez. Too oh, much yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, it was only two minutes. Phew. Hmm. But um, are you finding that social media is, is kind of saturating some of the errors that we're missing as, as technology grows? If you just stayed in print, if you just kind of stayed with the old formula of outreaching to the community, do you, do you feel like you can do a significant amount of work on social media if you include it in, in your approach? I think that at a minimum, it should be a presence in everyone's approach. Uh, depending on how deep you want to dive into it will change your strategy. You know, you can have anywhere from like, as long as you have a presence, because you figure right now, Facebook is pretty close in line with it. It's almost used as much as a search engine as Google. Yeah. Almost. It's getting close. It's very close. So you're always looking for somebody with a Facebook page, you know, even if they don't have a website, like at least they have a Facebook presence and you can get an idea of their general, like, are they updating it or what's their, their, their latest, like, you know, motto, I guess, like you, you get a feel for, for what their business is in the online space. Uh, you could have anywhere from what I would recommend is like a nice clean page. You know, you come in there, it's a nice, profile photo of your logo you have a cover photo just giving an idea of what your business represents um and like a few posts you just want to clean up your pages you know you want to claim them i have seen some really uh <laughs> um i guess uh, some some sometimes give you like a little bit background like one time um so all of the, sh I, I work for the shop rights and I used to run all of the social media for Connecticut, for the Connecticut stores. There's about 28 stores in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And this is when they were all coming online into social media and not all of the pages for all of the stores were claimed yet. So you want to make sure that your pages are claimed because if not, people can post on behalf of your business, but you may not be monitoring it. So you want to be the one that is, is holding the reins, not, not the public. Um, 
people were posting videos of like very crude things happening in the bathrooms of one of the shop rights. And everybody was like, oh my God, PR nightmare. This is crazy. Like we need to report this. Like it was us doing damage control. And I, I'll never speak of this again, but um, it was, it was not a very nice video. And, and we had to do the damage control on that after the fact. So having your pages claimed is important. Essentially, you don't want to leave it in the hands of the public, you know, whether or not they could slander your business name or not. Uh, you just want to be the one that's in control of that. So I would say you definitely want to have pages claimed at the at the minimum, um, depending on what you do with them thereafter, obviously, is determined by your budget. Uh, you know, there are companies that spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on advertising because they can, and they do it on social media, and um, they do it on television still. They have billboards. Like, they have the, the advertising budgets for that. But if you have smaller budgets, I would recommend putting it into social because while you may put out like you and you also have to consider your demographic that's important too but while you may put out a newspaper ad you know you're you never know what the actual ROI is and you may not know that with social media either but you have a better handle on how you can turn your advertising on and off. So if I run a television commercial, you know, it's going to run for six weeks. And then I may hear from the company afterward and say, like, this is, you know, the X amount of people that you reached over that time. But you have to wait until the campaign finishes in order to get your information on it. Whereas if I'm looking at social media campaigns and they're running in real time, I can turn them on and off as I see fit. So if I'm running a campaign with, like, the same picture and maybe different copy or the same copy and, like, five different pictures, I could see what is resonating with my demographic and audience better and right then and there to determine whether or not I want to continue with it. And if I find that picture A is doing better than picture B, I'll turn picture B off and run picture A and know that I'm maximizing my dollar spent. So in that regard, I think that is an impressive way of utilizing the advertising, like your advertising budget, because you can then really determine in real time how your money is being spent. Right. Awesome. So you, you definitely seem really passionate about this turn in, in, in your, you know, life, I, I guess I'd say, in your business life. Um, what do you think helped transform? I, I know you mentioned you went from, uh, you were kind of talking about your different jobs and how you came into it. Where, where did this passion for what you do kind of come in? Hmm. Well, all right. That's a good question. Cause I feel like I'm probably still trying to find the answers to it because again, this field evolves every day and I find more stuff that I'm interested in right. and where I want to go with it. Like, you know, I never imagined Morningbird, like, all right, it's social media, but, you know, now that I have access to analytics and data, like, now I'm data crunching, too, and I have become, like, a data nerd on top of creating creative. Uh, so now I'm digging into it and using that in my strategies and being like, all right, well, if I'm working with a business year after year, then how do we use predictive analytics to make your campaign more solid? All right, every year you know that these are your lulls, these are your highs. Maybe you run campaigns like, you know, if you were in Safe Passage and you know you had that hot chocolate run coming up. Well, I'm going to utilize all of my advertising dollars to to bump up my attendance at at the hot chocolate run. So you're using all of these predictive things in creating your strategies. Yeah. And 
I find that, wow, I'm passionate about that too. How can I integrate that into my business? Because social media is not black and white, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess that's where also too, like my love of science was. Like I, I always have a respect for history and the past and how it has shaped the future, but history wasn't my buff, you know, it wasn't like, I, I wasn't as passionate about it. Like, all right, you know, it's very interesting to know what happened, but like science, it's it's forward moving, you know, it's never right. going to be the same. Every day is different. Like it, the science books that we have help me learn about what's happening and what we know so far, but we have so many unanswered questions. So like that, that, that science nerd in me also takes it into social media of like, wow, it's, it's all this forward thinking. It's, it's what's to come, like what is to come. So honestly, my passion isn't even remotely at its potential or peak yet. So you haven't even reached your final form. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry. That Not was, even close. that was a Dragon Ball Z reference. Oh, uh, I have seen that there. as a kid when I was little <laughs> and didn't have cable and had to move the rabbit ears to get it to come in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just I like throwing some geeky geekiness into the podcast Been every there. once in a while. Been there. That's awesome um, because I, I do think it's evident because you have that love for science and, and data, but you also have that love for connection and, and talking and, and working in labs, like you said, isn't the most, um, I don't know, the, the most supportive of, of that talking environment, right? So it's cool that you chase, you kind of kept that passion for data and, and, and that kind of work, but kind of transformed it into to a more talkative kind of medium. Yeah, you can get the best of both. That's awesome. Very cool stuff. Uh, so I guess I want to follow that up with, you know, we talked a little bit of your passion and, and that it's evolving and, and you're looking for more to do with analytics, which is definitely something that we haven't really talked about on here <laughs> before but but well deserved um how does that relate to what you do in the community because you did say you know you did talk about the philanthropic uh side yeah. of what you do where did that come into to this this data crunching and passion for talking it's funny it almost it just that's a good good question i gotta think on that one for a second they they just, as much as like data is integral to a social strategy, you have to be involved in the community because you're building a community, right. you know? So if you don't do that, then like, where is your community? You have a big gaping hole. You have a missing puzzle piece, if you will. Now in my like data crunching mind, like, well, how do I solve that equation? What do I do to, to bring that piece in. Um, I guess I could give you an interesting example. Uh, so back in the day, like 2014 or so, I think is when this program began. And honestly, it's one of the highlights of my month. Uh, I have helped curate and create a campaign for ShopRite of Enfield in which they they award a student every single month with the ShopRite Act of Kindness Award. That's awesome. And it doesn't focus on academics. It's not focused around athletics. It's merely being a good person, being a good human, because we don't have enough of that, no. you know? And after seeing all of these kids every single month, like it is the hope that drives me to the next month. Right. <laughs> you know, it is such a magical award. Um, I look forward to it every month. We, we devised this thing. It originally started after Columbine happened and 
I'm as I go to these schools, it's it's something like that is almost irrelevant to them. You know, they're more of the generation of the Parkland and the um, Newtown shootings. And, right. you know, they haven't had a life without school shootings. That's terrifying to me. You know, it makes me scared to even send my own child to school. But with this award, it's kind of like, how can we change this one student at a time? And it, as I said, it originally started back from Columbine, where this this student, in honor of um, of one of the students there named Rachel, they started this thing called Rachel's Challenge, and it was an anti-bullying campaign. And it spread across the nation, and it originally started with that. And as the years have progressed, it has slowly evolved in our community as the ShopRite Act of Kindness Award. And currently, we, uh, we honor seven students a month. They're are students from Enfield High School, Suffield High School, um, Suffield Middle School, Summers High School Middle School, and JFK Middle School. And we go there every single month in person. We go and meet the students. We talk to them. We, you know, we see what they're, um, we invite their parents to come along. We award them in front of their peers. And we just tell them to, to start a chain reaction, to keep the kindness flowing. And we give them a little award and they're hung up on our wall of fame every month inside nice. the store. So like you walk in and you see their pictures and you see the write-ups that their teachers wrote about them and why they were nominated. And then we also do a charity component for it. And we donate and we donate in honor of that student to the charity of their choice. And it just hearing those like charities and why that they donated to them have been so heartbreaking and heartwarming at the same time. You know, these kids are the ones that want to make a difference. So I have in the last school year alone, we donated just under $3,000 to 52 different charities That's across awesome. the world. Um, from Africa to here in the United States, you know, locally, across to California, down to Florida, like we have donated to so many different charities on behalf of these kids. And I can't tell you like just this community piece alone, like it really rallies people together because after we post it on their Facebook page and, you know, it, it garners so much engagement and, and it's not just about the likes, it's about spreading the message and getting more people involved and telling them to just like, you know, make somebody stay, give, smile a little more. Like just these simple acts of kindness can create something much larger and much bigger than us. So utilizing social media to continue to push that message is certainly like it just, I, I have no words for it. I mean, it, it is, it helps get the message out. And it also, you know, that it's changing people's opinions or lives or outlooks and that's priceless. That's awesome. I did my practicum for, for my master's program at Enfield Youth Services. Mm -hmm. um, so I got to do some counseling down there with some adolescents. And we, we did a lot of team building and, and yeah. uh, strengthening families programs and then outreach. And I know they're doing a lot. I think they're actually on the radio down there, too, of a local uh, college. Um, really yeah. getting the youth, youth involved. So that's awesome that you guys are supportive of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are people in our community, like we have to support them regardless. And if we can make it better with our voices being heard, well, why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We we just got a grant from uh, Unify Against Bullying. And yes. so we're, we're running yeah. a leadership group uh, starting next month of uh, kids who have struggled with depression or anger or 
uh, ADHD or anxiety uh, to come in and teach them some values and how, how to interact and use effective communication and then bring it back into their schools and into their right. community. And it's going to end with a group community outreach program that they're going to design themselves and we're going to help them implement it. So it, it's I think great to get amazing. everyone involved in that kind of stuff. Right. These resources, like being able to offer our youth these resources at this age, when we didn't have that same kind of outreach, it it's going to change and it's going to cause ripple effects. And, you know, the ramifications will be positive. You know, they'll know how to, to interact. And same thing with, um, again, in Connecticut, they're doing this program called um, Coaching Coaching Boys into Men. And mm-hmm. It has to do with athletics and, you know, like the the football teams at UConn and stuff. Like not only are they doing their practices, like their physical practices, they also take time to just talk and to like it, just have a team huddle on like how to treat others, right. you know. And as, as simple as that may be, it may have long-lasting effects and teach them like, how to treat their spouses or their loved ones or I mean you see a lot of violence on television and and in the NFL and in these sports organizations like well what are we doing you know we have to give them some resources and it starts at this level yeah 100% I think we could talk about this all day so I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears a a little bit um, just because I know that we're both a little bit on a time crunch um, so I always end the podcast with two questions. You said he listened to Aaron, so you know he has a passion to be the Incredible Hulk. Um, <laughs> so I want to put this out there. My two questions are always, uh, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? And then the second follow-up question, you can answer in any order, would be, what do you think your actual superpower is? Like, what quality about yourself is this encompassing kind of draw for people? Oh, man. Okay, um, I, the super the superpower that I think I already have, now, this is totally nerd out with me for just a minute, but I was watching this show that was, um, they were, they were measuring the amount of photons that a human can emit from themselves, and when you tell somebody that they have the power to light up a room, it's like not only hearsay, you know, I, I want to use my voice in a positive way. And I do feel like I have a strength to command a room. So if I walk into somewhere, like, I wonder how many photons I'm truly trading because I can get them to stop and listen. You know, I, I used to work for the NBA D league and I was the encore MC for uh, the Springfield armor basketball team. And you know, there were some nights where we'd have this packed house and there's 5,800 people in the audience and they're all listening to me boom on the mic about like the next uh, promotion or the t-shirt toss or, you know, <laughs> and they're all screaming and we're all having fun and it's me and them, you know. Yeah. So um, just just the, the power of voice and and offering a message that is actually heard. Uh, that is a good superpower. And also, I didn't know that I could be a good mom to Addie, but she seems to be doing okay. So uh, I, I'm, yeah, she says please and thank you and excuse me, and she just turned too. So I, <laughs> that is a superpower. That is a superpower. I don't think it's celebrated enough. Being a mom is definitely a superpower. I, I'm up at all hours of the night and all hours of the day. So, and I'm still functioning. So that is a superpower right there. Um, if I did 
have a superpower, oh, what would it be? I feel like I would want something like the matrix, you know, like to be able to like download skills into my head and be able to instantly do them. Nice. Yeah. Like that would be a cool superpower because then you like you had so much knowledge and that's like the ultimate power. You yeah, know, no, that's pretty cool. Just go. So I feel like that would be a cool superpower to have. There is a, a super villain that has something similar to that. Not quite. Yeah. Uh, his name's Taskmaster. And Ooh. he's actually, a, you'll see him on the big screen in the Black Widow movie coming out. I think he's one of the villains. Um, not quite being able to download information, but he can watch someone do something and then his body can mimic that. So he can learn this right. kinesiology kind of approach to things. And he, that's why he's such a hard villain to beat because he knows your own movements. Um, right. For you can, even do. Yeah. And then he can put them back out to you. So Dig. Yeah. I, I, would, I wouldn't mind being able to do that. Or at least, at the very least, at least give me a better short-term memory because <laughs> I can't remember anything. Something so simple. Like, that would be a perfect superpower just to get me through that every day. That's <laughs> good. You know, the simple powers are, are overlooked a lot, but I think they're really important like that. So A little bit. I couldn't even get into Addie's daycare yesterday. I forgot the code. And I'm doing it every <laughs> day. I was like, wait, wait, what? Muscle memory. Oh, thank God for that because I literally forgot the numbers. Yeah. I, I, I do that sometimes too. And, it, and it's simple things. Like if I go to um, Big Y and I have to enter the phone number of mm -hmm. the account, I'm like, oh, did I put that in right? I couldn't quite remember. So. Um, okay, so any last things you want to shout out at, to the listeners about? Um, well, I would say thanks for bearing with us for this hour because <laughs> I, I tend to run off on tangents. So if I kept your attention, thank you for uh, staying on board with me. And um, I would say I would love anybody who has listened to this to reach out. Um, doesn't matter in what capacity, you know, if you're looking for social media help, great. Or if you're just simply looking to somebody to talk to that could help lead you to resources that would benefit you in any way, you know, um, whether it be the Safe Connect stuff we talked about or uh, the opioid awareness movement that we briefly touched on with uh, the Jack Jonah Foundation or, you know, they're just there's so much out there and available that you shouldn't ever be scared to to come out and say it like at this moment at this very moment I am dealing with a lot of demons in my own life that have taken a long time to come to the surface and I can't tell you how refreshing it feels to get them off my chest and to to have a core group of support around me and if you don't feel like you have that support you can find that in me right. yeah awesome. simply thanks fantastic thank you very much thanks for having me so Robin Lee Thank you, and uh, we'll speak again sometime soon. All right. My pleasure. Thanks, Steve. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please outreach to us at info at org. If you want to learn more about the Promethean Project or if you would like to donate to our cause, you can reach us at thepermetheanproject.org. If you really do enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends. Please like our posts on social media, on Instagram and on Facebook. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to. Again, thank you for taking a listen. And remember, 
that the most important step is always the next one.